listening to Octagon 24-7 podcast, MMA FanCast. It's MMA for the fans, by the fans. We talk about only the important things you want to hear. Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA on Spike. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. This is Bellator's Dominic the Honey Badger Mazzotta, and you're listening to MMA FanCast. Pittsburgh's MMA legend and pride of the universe, Mark Cherico, and you're listening to MMA FanCast. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of MMA FanCast brought to you by Octagon247.com. My name is Ryan Middleton. I am your host, and I am happy to have you with me. And additionally, I am also happy to have my co-host, my amigo, me, I don't know. I don't know what else to call him. He's the man, Andrew Dice Bailey. The introductions get better every week. I am jacked, ready for more. Well, glad to be back. Jacked, jacked, and on the attack. So as we were getting ready for this episode of MMA FanCast, it's a, supposed to be a three-man crew right now. We are supposed to be joined by the legendary Jim Sahara Mooney. However, as we were talking on the uh, Skype call before we started recording, the lights in Jim Mooney's house went out. So not only are the lights in Jim Mooney's house out, but I'm pretty sure the lights upstairs aren't on either for Jim Mooney, is it? I mean, everybody that listens to this podcast knows that. So that's no surprise. But he'll be joining us, hopefully, eventually. He will. We, we left the line open for him to jump back in. When he pays his electric bill, I mean, I mean, when the electricity <laughs> comes back on. So Jim Sahara Mooney may jump on this call on this uh, podcast at some point, and we will welcome him with uh, closed arms. I don't know. We- yeah, we'll welcome him. <laughs> Uh, so w- there is so much to talk about, guys. We have a special week for our listeners. Normally, we record uh, one podcast a week, and then if we're covering a live event, we'll 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 have some extra podcasts. And we don't even number those podcasts; we just you know call them like special edition podcasts. However, this week um, we have some really we we have so much news and two huge events for Octagon247.com and MMA FanCast. The first of which is Mark Cherico fighting, by the time most of you are listening to this, it'll be today uh, as we record this on Monday night. Um, but Mark Cherico making his UFC debut, going for his contract against Mike Santiago. And that is something we're going to talk a lot about a lot about later on in the podcast. In addition to that, we also, obviously, the fight of the century, the the money fight, um, we have Floyd Money Mayweather against Conor McGregor this coming Saturday night, August 26th. And is that right? 26th? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And and we're going to talk a lot about that. Since there is so much news and so much to cover, we are not only going to have tonight's podcast, which will be out uh, overnight, Monday, Tuesday, but we are also going to record an additional podcast this week uh, on, what are we going for? Thursday. Thursday, yep. So Friday, um, first thing Friday morning, you'll be able to uh, listen to additional coverage of not only um, recapping what happened uh, with Mark Cherico and Mike Santiago and the rest of the card on uh, you know Dana White's Thursday Night Contender Series, but also more previewing 
the big money fight with Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. So we got a full uh, programming for you. Uh, so be sure to download that episode. It's an unusual time for us to have an episode, but that'll be probably a numbered episode since it's not a special edition podcast, which we've, we've kind of made this special edition podcast be the, the, uh, the events we're covering live. That being said, we want to start getting into some of this. I, I got to I gotta tell you, Andrew, this was like this past, I don't know, four or five days. It's just been fight, uh, you know, new fight announcement after new fight announcement after drug, you know, you know uh, JDS getting busted for um, a tainted supplement, he's claiming, and, and all that stuff we're going to get into. But there's a lot going on with uh, some great fights and some... Uh, some announcements we've heard the last couple of days and some rumored yeah. fights. Yeah. MMA never sleeps. And um, this week is the uh, quintessential example of that. We've, we text every day now. We're like, did you see this news? Did you see this? And we're just like, save it for the podcast. So we have a lot, a lot coming this week. That's right. The first thing we're going to talk about is there's a rumored, it, uh, it has not been confirmed yet, but it's, it looks pretty, Pretty good that Loyota Machida and Derek Brunson are going to headline UFC Fight Night 119 in Brazil, in, in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. And uh, so that's a great addition and a, a great fight to headline that card. That is. That is a good card. It's, I mean, it's got Machida headlining in Brazil, you know, native Brazilian. So that's going to be a great thing. He also looks like Benicio Del Toro's karate cousin. We'll leave it there. And, but... I I think the fight's going to be a wash, man. I think Brunson's going to going to roll him and it could be the end of Machida at age 39. We shall see Machida, you know, he's he's had his ups and downs and he's at one point looked like he was going to be um a legendary fighter. Uh he looked like he was going to be really hard to figure out and and it just never came to never came to fruition once he reached that pinnacle once he reached that top he was quickly dethroned and never really never really got back there oh, he's still a tremendously respectable fighter and and very challenging i think guys have to plan game plan for him quite a bit um he's not a guy that you're going to just uh you're going to have to come with a good game plan cuz he's he's a unique fighter this is his first fight back, isn't it, from suspension? Yeah, I, I hadn't even re- I didn't even remember that until you just said that that he was suspended. Um, also on the card of note, at this point, there's about six fights announced. Glover Teixeira is fighting Misha Serkinov, and so that's a great that's another great fight. Love that fight. That fight's going to be awesome. I mean, that's it's going to be a brawl. Yeah, and as always, there are lots of uh, lots of Brazilians on 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 any Brazilian card, and so uh, that's looking good for uh, UFC Fight Night One Nineteen. Definitely uh, already, even with the card, the six fights that are already um, announced are actually maybe maybe Brunson Machida was announced when I first. Uh, heard it. I wrote that it was just a rumor, but maybe it has been announced since then. Let's go with it was announced. There we go. It's official. I just, Ryan Middleton, Octagon247.com, <laughs> makes it official. Leota Machida and Derek Brunson have mentally signed paperwork in my head. <laughs> uh, That's all we need. Another fight announcement, and this one's uh, far more controversial. Is Fabricio Verdum? Uh, actually, it's not an announcement. This one is still a rumor, or it's not been announced. Uh, is taking on Derek Lewis at UFC 216, um, and that caused Mark Hunt to really not be happy about that. Yeah, Mark Hunt feels like you know he's coming off a win. He'd like a rematch with Verdum because they had a heck of a fight a few years ago, and Hunt rocked him, knocked him down, but eventually it ended in dramatic fashion when Verdum threw a flying knee and KO'd him. I don't. 
I think Verdum's worried about the power of him. I think he feels like he can easily – I feel like he can – I'm not a believer in Derek Lewis. He's great on the mic. He'd be an awesome WWE superstar. But I feel like he gasses really quick, and I think Verdum feels like he can choke him out. Well, I, I, I do agree that he gasses really quick, but he's also – he's a two-minute fighter. There's a really good chance he's going to catch you in that two minutes, and if he does, you're in trouble. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But the fact that he just lost to Mark Hunt, too, just make, raises even more questions. Like, why? I don't understand why Verdun accepted this. Well, and um, so Verdum, um, Verdum was offered Mark Hunt, and that's why Mark Hunt's so mad because he signed the he signed the you know the the offer sheet. So Verdum turned him down. Verdum just, turned it down, and he's yeah. So he called him, he 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 ripped laid into him. He called him on social media, or I think it, it was either in an interview or on social media. Called him a chicken expletive. It, <laughs> I can't say he's wrong. I mean, it just seems that way, doesn't it? I I I I, I mean, <laughs> well, let's be honest. I would not. Like, Derek Lewis is a scary, scary dude. So anyone who's willing to go into the octagon against Derek Lewis, I don't know if those are the words that I'm calling him, but it is kind of kind of questionable for sure. Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, <laughs> I mean everybody hates Verdum, it sounds like. Luke Rockwood hated him last year because he wouldn't fight him at heavyweight. <laughs> like, nobody just likes this guy. Well, I can tell you at UFC 203 in Cleveland, we got to spend time with him. And he was a very pleasant guy. Um, as a matter of fact, I I, <laughs> I got on his case, actually, after the fighters, after we all got back after the fights to the hotel, we were in the lobby. And this is where he started the fight against Travis Brown. He started the fight by doing the flying kick. And he has since done that in his most recent fight against, against, uh, who did he fight? Overeem. Overeem. He did the same thing. Uh, but a little different. Anyway, he did that. And then at the end of the fight, he kicked, he push kicked, uh, Eben Tar uh, Eben Tar Tarverdian, Tarverdian? Yeah, the, that guy, the striking coach for Rousey and Travis Brown. The striking coach. Yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, I was like getting on him in the hotel lobby. I'm like, dude, you, what is wrong with you? You are nuts. And he was just a good, like a nice guy with us. But I was like, man, like. Dude, you're crazy. What is wrong with you? <laughs> he literally went nuts. And then he said something on the mic that was, I don't know. It was just very odd. There's, so there's this guy that I'm like, probably spent more time with Verdum and Forrest Griffin. And um, yeah, those were the, probably the two that I spent the most time with over the course of those three or four days. And... So there's this guy that I'm kind of getting to know and he's a real nice guy. And then he goes into the event and acts insane. And then afterwards I'm talking, I'm like, dude, what is, like, what are you doing? You're nuts. You're crazy. So yeah, it, it was cool. Um, I mean, it's not as good as partying with Nick Diaz though in Washington. Yeah. In Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say I was partying with him. It was more, um, getting a cab helping him to get a cab we're just elevating this story like every time we do a podcast it's going to be like remember that time you party with nick diaz remember that time you cussed out nick diaz and just keep keep you know exaggerating a little bit yeah well i mean since i try not to curse at all um I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, i might have a little bit back then but i don't really do that anymore every once in a while i'll accidentally but Anywho, um, the 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 next fight I wanted to talk about, Diego Sanchez. This is an odd thing to me, and follow me. So he's fighting Matt Brown at 170. 
UFC Fight Night 120, which we'll take a look at that, that card as well. Oh, oh, let's take a look at uh, UFC 216. Um, if Mark Hunt, or not Mark Hunt, Fabricio Verdum and Derek Lewis are, are made official, that's going to make this a really nice card. So you have uh, Ferguson, you have Tony Ferguson and Kevin Lee, and that is uh, um, interim, which you're really crazy about. So that's yeah. an interim title fight. You got, um, I don't know how to say his name, Benil Darush. Oh, yeah, Darush. And, and Evan Dunham, which is a very good fight. Number 12 versus number 14 in the, in the lightweight division. You got Will Brooks and Nick Lentz. That's a great fight. Will Brooks, you know, coming over and not having success in his first, you know, bout in the, in the UFC and Nick Lentz, the old veteran, who we also spent time with it uh, in Cleveland. Then we have Thales Leites versus Brad Tavares, which is a great middleweight fight. I mean, there's a lot of good fights on that. You got another good fight with... Um, the 125 pounders on this card as well. So this is a very good card. And even Walt Harris and Mark Goodbeer, that's a great fight as well. You got my boy Lando Venata at the very bottom is, of the card. I yeah. was just going to say that. Oh, Verdum and Lewis was announced because it's on. Okay. It's, it's now listed, but it's on the bottom. It should be at the top. Okay. But what, what are they going to do for a headliner? I mean, I think Verdum Lewis could headline, but yeah. if it's for if there's an interim title fight, then that would take precedent over Verdum Lewis. Yeah, I just wonder if they'll um, have Ferguson. Ferguson's never headlined a pay per view. Yeah, but I mean, there's also you know Verdum's a big name, and having a big name heavyweight fight like that, Lando Lando Venata. He, dude, he's awesome. He kids, he's amazing. I love watching him fight. And uh, he posted a recent video to Instagram. He even had his hands up. And I'm like, sky's the limit now if you can fight with your hands up. <laughs> so this uh, UFC 216 is a very good card. Um, even if the if Verdum and Lewis is the la you know the top of the card with Ferguson and Lee. I still think it's a very solid card. Now, does it need that like big fight? Yeah, that would be nice to have that huge fight on top. But I would say even if that didn't get a, a another huge fight on it, I, it's still a solid card. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with you. I just, I just, I don't know where they turn right now for a headliner unless they want to. I can't even think. When's the last time Joe Benavidez fought? Can he fight somebody? I mean, no. Yeah, but he's not. He's oh, yeah. not headlining a pay per view either. Yeah, I just. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know where in they October, go. October. So, you only have August, September, October. You only have six weeks from now. Yeah, it would have to come this week. I mean, if they're going to make a decision, unless they've been negotiating and there's just like you know some clerical issues, but I don't know. I mean, if Verdum and Lewis and Ferguson and Lee, if one of those two is not, that they obviously have something in the works because it's to be announced. Could you think Holloway could turn around? He fought in June. Doesn't he have a fight scheduled? I don't think so. I mean, because you could do. When did Frankie Edgar fight Yair Rodriguez? Because you could do Max Holloway, Frankie Edgar for the featherweight title. I mean, I I think Max Holloway. Yeah, I mean, I think he could. He's he's that kind of guy that you know. He he likes to stay pretty busy. Yeah, so if that got announced, that I could understand that, but any other title I can't see being defended that are that already isn't planned to be defended. Well, I mean, it doesn't always have to be a title fight. It, it can be a, um, 
It can be a, like a stud, you know. If you got Nick an, Diaz coming back, <laughs> Nick Diaz and Anderson Silva. There you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you, you kind of have to think outside the box. Now, I don't know. They've made uh, like the UFC's policy is if there's a title fight, it's the it's the top of the card, just like UFC 200. You know, the big draw was Brock Lesnar, uh, Mark Hunt, but that was not the main event fight because there was a women's title fight. Now, so that being said, what about an interim fight? Is that also going to be top of the card no matter what? I would assume so. Just, I mean, even even if there's a precedent, I think UFC just will always find a way to go around. I think they make that the headliner. But I see... What about women's? Did you think about women's? Yeah, yeah, Joanna's got a fight scheduled with uh, Rose Namajunas and Shevchenko and Nunes fight at two fifteen, and then Cyborg just fought. But I mean, at big names. Unless your girl Gina Carana comes back, I don't see any other. There you go. It's Gina. <laughs> they're putting it together based on my recommendation. Gina Carano. Versus Ronda Rousey, UFC 216, and you watch it, 1.4 million buys. I, I had no idea she was in Deadpool. I don't even know what that is. Oh, the movie Deadpool? Oh, Gina Carano has like a huge role in it. I watched it the other day, and I was like, this this is Ryan's girl right here. This is who that is. And then I understood, and it all clicked. Ryan's girl. That's who, that's who she is from now on, officially. Yeah, uh, hey, you know, they're just all around me. <laughs> I mean, they're running, but they're all around me. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so that's UFC 216. Next, we have a fight announcement that I was starting to say. I uh, jumped in a little too early. Diego Sanchez versus Matt Brown, UFC Fight Night 120, which is the Poirier-Pettis uh, card. And so, and actually, oh, okay. Why is it not on there? That's weird. Um, yeah, so the Poirier Pettis card, the fight night card taking place in Norfolk, Virginia on November 11th. And so Diego Sanchez, Matt Brown, let's talk about this. So you have Diego Sanchez. And now I'm going to just take a look at something real quick because... Okay, so Diego Sanchez, let's take a look at his last couple fights. He fought Mar... Uh, okay, I, I wish it said where, where he fought in these fights. So he fought Marce- Marcin Held and won in November. A decision. I believe that was at... Mexico City. But... What weight class? 155. Yeah, Marcin. Yeah, Marcin was at 55. What? And then he lost to Ally Akinta in April. What weight class was that? 155. 55. He fought. Didn't he? Didn't he fight a fight at 145? Yeah, he's been down there before. Hold on. I, Okay, he fought Ricardo Lamas at UFC or in November of 2015 at featherweight. And then he came back to lightweight, beat Jim Miller, unanimous decision, lost to Joe Luzon, beat Marcin Held, lost to Ally Akinta, all at lightweight. So he's gone two and two at lightweight against fairly good competition. Now he's going back. Back up to welterweight. So this is a guy. He was a a year and a half ago. He was fighting at featherweight, and now he's going back up to one seventy. I, I. Yeah. This is a guy that I don't want to see. What I fear is going to happen, and it's not going to be pretty. It feels like Diego Sanchez should be like 42, but he's only 35 in actual years. But I guarantee, I can't think of one person has is older in fight years than Diego Sanchez. I mean, 
war after war after war. He, I, I really, this is the guy who has, can certainly take a shot and give a good fight. And at some point that really catches up to you. And it happens so fast that I just feel, this is a guy I fear we're going to hear slurred speech. He's going to sound like me trying to say Joanna's last name. <laughs> but he's going to sound like that all the time. And I, I hate to see that with a fighter. I've, I, I've actually never been a big Diego Sanchez fan. However, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. I know he's going to, to bring it to whoever he's fighting. I really don't want to see him. Uh, I, I don't want to see him not. Yeah, I just don't. Uh, this just doesn't, doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, he's six and eight over his last fourteen. Um, I I was holding out some hopes maybe he can get another run in him after he fought Marcin Held, but Ally Aquinta just mollywopped him. What was it a minute and thirty eight seconds into the first round? He just got pummeled in that fight. So I don't think. I mean, I think he's more suited to be a lightweight naturally. I mean, just, I'm just shooting the gap between welter and featherweight. But I think Matt Brown is still good, and I think he's going to just destroy Diego Sanchez. I don't think it goes outside of a round. Yeah, and, and Matt Brown, um, he he kind of rose up for a little while there in the division uh, and was, you know, right there in title contention. And then since then, it's just been – it has not been good. He So – he fought a title eliminator against Robbie Lawler in July of 14. Since then, and including that, he is five or one in five in the UFC. Wow, I didn't realize it was that bad. Oh yeah, lost to Lawler, then next lost the next fight to Johnny Hendricks. Then he beat Tim Means by a guillotine. Then he lost to Maya Ellenberger and Cerrone. I mean, those are all big names and good fighters. And, you know, that's a long, far, you know, it's a fall, far. Uh, It's a (laughs) far fall. I'm I'm worried about Diego Sanchez. He should be worried about me. I'm the (laughs) one that can't talk. Well, that Cerrone fight was... Up until that third round, it was a good showing for Matt Brown. He was competing. It was really competitive. And, you know, one head kick later, it was lights out. But I just – I still think even on the schneid, I think he just rolls through Diego Sanchez. Yeah. I I, I don't think anyone rolls through Diego Sanchez, to be honest. Who has rolled through Diego Sanchez except for in his last fight? It was – Ally Quinta. Ally, but Ally Quinta, I think, is extremely underrated. I think if he could just, I feel like if he could just not play the victim for once. Joe Lozon put him out in under a minute and a half. Oh yeah, that uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's when it's like, oh Diego. Yeah, and now he's moving up and fighting guys that hit harder and. Yes. So I see. I think. I think it's time to. St- Step away and just go compete in grappling tournaments because he's still, I mean, one of the best in the world at jiu-jitsu. I mean, he's fantastic. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, didn't didn't um, Matt Brown fight at middleweight? Probably. He's big. I'm looking up. Yeah, he fought at middleweight for his first five years and then went down to welterweight. Yeah, he's a big dude. <laughs> Welterweight debut was... Okay, so basically, when he came to the UFC, he went to Welterweight. So I, I I, don't think he fought anything other than Welterweight in the UFC. No, he hasn't. So, okay, so he's not he's not a, you know, natural Welterweight, so, or middleweight, at least... That's something. That's what Diego has going for him going into this fight. Yeah, we we should all still say a prayer for Diego. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of 
of this fight. I'm not a big fan of Diego fighting, period, anymore. Anyway, uh, Matt Brown's 36, too, so they're right around the same age. I just feel that this is a war for about two minutes before Brown just catches him and steamrolls him. This feels like a fight between, like, two old heavyweights. I totally flipped the script. Like, I said... Diego doesn't get run out, steamrolled by anyone, and now I'm predicting him to get steamrolled. Yeah. <laughs> Once you heard some logic from my side, you're like, ah, oh, you're right as always. I mean, hey, you know, every once in a while. There we go. You'll speak some logic. I mean, All right, now, the next fight on this card that we need to talk about, unfortunately, are you excited for it? Andre Arlovsky and Junior Albini. Um, see, here's another, you said, well, <laughs> when we were doing our sound check, you, you said something about a bunch of old guys fighting and how we were not, how, you know, if you were, were, we're not going to be excited about it. See this to me, this entire fight card outside of the main event has, there's zero excitement for me. It's it's the do you care? And it's the answer is a resounding no. I just don't care about Andre Arlovsky and Junior Albini fighting. And anybody with a pulse probably feels the same way. Yeah. What? What? I mean, Junior Albini. I got to be honest. Not real familiar with him. It's he's a 26 uh, year old up and comer, second career UFC fight. In his first fight, it was just on July 22nd on the Weidman card. He knocked out uh, Timothy Johnson via first-round TKO. Okay, and he got a nice bonus. Yes. He got a UFC on Fox 25 bonus. Um, so, that okay, okay, now I don't remember who it is. He was the guy that said, oh, now I can buy my daughter a toy. She doesn't have to play with empty okay. shampoo bottles anymore. Exactly. And he's going to go knock out Andre Arlovsky, who's 38 and lost five fights in a row. You know, Andre, he's lost five in a row? Has it been five? Yes. It's oh, five in a row. It's oh. that bad. His his last loss, Ryan, was to Marcine. I don't know. It's the guy Mark Hunt's fighting in replacement in yeah. Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how bad it's gotten. For Oh, no. It, it's bad. Like, who... Who are you hanging out with that's saying, yeah, Andre, take another fight? Like, who, <laughs> who is the, like, you got to be the worst friend, the worst advisor, the worst. I mean, who does not pull this guy away and say, listen, I care too much about you to let you fight again. I don't know. He hasn't won a fight since Frank Mir in 2015. And it's just, I don't, he see, he's had a slump in his career before where he lost four in a row and he bounced back and he put together a nice win streak. But he wasn't no, 38. 38. Yes, exactly. Like Andre, like you're probably getting a paycheck and a free meal and a hot cup of soup after this fight. But no, don't do it. Go home. Just go home. Go to Russia, Belarus, wherever. He, uh, I remember. The best I ever saw Andre Arlovsky look in a fight was a fight he lost. It was against Fedor. Did you watch that fight? No, I've never seen that fight. Okay, so Arlovsky, so Fedor is at the time still undefeated, legend. Just a absolute unbeatable guy. And Arlovsky was legitimately winning the fight until he decided to do some jump like a jumping punch or some some kick off the ropes because it was in not in it wasn't in Pride, but it was in one of the leagues that Strike Force or well, you know, you know, or something. You know what that event was called? I just looked it up. It was called Affliction. Affliction, Day, yes. Day of Reckoning. Okay, so so he does something off the 
off the ropes and does some jumping, leaping, kick something. And he's like up in the air. And and Arlovsky, who was certainly getting outboxed, outclassed in, in every way at that point, gets Arlovsky in the air and just socks him. And Arlovsky was just mincemeat after that punch and just <laughs> collapsed and was just dead. Just dead. It, and and but the thing was, Arlovsky up until that point he looked, I mean he was outclassing the best fighter, the legendary, the invincible. You know the guy that was the Russian that you know was just completely unbeatable, and he was he was taking it to him. Well, listen to this: three of the fights before that Fedor fight, he beat Fabricio Verdum. He beat Ben Rothwell, knocked him out, and he knocked out Roy Nelson. Yeah. I mean, world beater at that time. Yeah. And that's that's the Arlovsky I want to remember, though, not the one that's just getting knocked out week in and week out. When he fought Francis Ngannou, I just, it felt like a crucifixion. Like, it was hard to watch. Like, I was just like, oh, no. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, it. I just... <laughs> At some point, people in your life have to, like, jump in on stuff like that. I'm a firm believer in that, and I don't understand how that's not happening. I, I, I understand fighters got to make a living. They need a paycheck and all this. But it's not worth your long-term safety. It's not worth CTE and Parkinson's disease. Like, a genuinely concerned, like, for his health at this point. Like, it's bad. Andre Arlovsky has been around the block so long that you know he has 15 MMA losses and and only 25 wins i mean he he's on a five fight losing streak he got he had the fight against stepe and hasn't won since uh yeah i'm uh, okay yeah i i'm done talking about that <laughs> I, I i'm super excited to see Pettis and Poirier that's that's the only re- that's the whole redeeming factor of this card is that fight that fight's incredible. Yeah, it, it's awesome. It's awesome. So see, the good news of this card is um, with what we're thinking right now is both the fights we don't care about will be over really fast, and then we'll get to the great one. Yeah, well, you always have a way of like, you know, looking at things in such a positive light. Boy, aren't you just. Did you go outside today at, like, midday at all? <laughs> yeah, I saw that eclipse thing. Yeah. It was nice. Was it? I, I mean, I was I, – I really could care less. And everyone I talked to were like, yeah, well, it was there. Well, see, I did the same thing, I, sort of what Honor Lofty's going to do. I have a lot of confidence. I'm like, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to look right at the sun, no glasses at all. I looked right up. I felt my retinas bleed, and then I went back inside. And Arnolovsky's going to walk into this fight, get knocked out, and realize he made a bad decision. He's going to retire. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes, I just – oh, I just want to clear up that I just did compare me looking at the sun to a heavyweight fighting. So we can move on. <laughs> only only with it by a guy <laughs> whose nickname is Dice. There we go. Have you told your wife that you were nicknamed Dice on MMA FanCast? She listened and asked what that was about. I was just like, it could be worse. <laughs> yeah. We, we we tried to make it worse, but somehow, I mean, who knows? Well, Jim can't make fun of me. He never shows up. Yeah, well, he's he hasn't <laughs> showed up in 55 minutes of us recording. So, Oh, actually, no, 38 minutes. I, I, I always look at the wrong time. So we're 38 minutes into the into the podcast. We got lots to talk about still. Yeah. Um okay. Next, this is kind of this next piece is was very shocking to me. Um as there I just didn't have any previous indication. Brian Stan is stepping down from his gig at the UFC and he's Said on, I don't know what 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 is this on social media? Yeah, on Instagram. He said on Instagram, "I'm announcing my departure from calling fights with the UFC. 
I have been offered an amazing leadership role with a fast-growing real estate firm and will be attending Northwestern for my executive MBA this fall. Thank you to everyone for years of support, especially the athletes and coaches whom I love deeply. I will continue to be a huge MMA supporter and attend many events. Thank you to everyone from Fox and Zufa who helped me so much in this journey. John Anik, you are my brother, and that will never change, and I cannot tell you how important your friendship has been to me. My wife, Teresa... Who has, who has endured so much and supported me through war, fighting, and now this transition I love forever, and thank you so much. This move is to focus more on my family, and there you have it. I traveled 26 weekends last year for work while also working my full-time, a full-time job. My new role as a COO will be very difficult, but still afford me the weekends with my wife and three children. Um, went on to say that transitions are difficult. He's... Looking forward to proving his worth with the new company and um, showcase the diverse skills military veterans and mixed martial artists possess. So that's a really out of nowhere. And I, I, Brian Stan's a guy I think anyone can like, right? Yeah, he's. A, how can you not like him? He's a former Marine. He was an awesome fighter. Super, I mean, just exciting, great guy, and an excellent analyst. I mean, that was. I have no idea how good he is as a businessman or how good he was as a Marine, but he was probably, he was the best analyst. I mean, he was just really, really, really good. Yeah. I I had the opportunity um, to meet and talk to Brian Stan at length at um, UFC fight night. Um, it was one in New Jersey it was uh, uh, Jim Miller and Cowboy Cerrone and um, talked to him, basically uh, hit me and, and my son, ran into him and John Anik, and we spent some time talking with them, and he was like, oh, how many boys do you have? I think I had two of my three sons with me. I think I only had two at the time. Um, but, you know, he basically said how jealous he was because he had – girls and i had boys um but you know obviously he's not too jealous because he's choosing careers to spend more time with his family so clearly um he's having a good time with those girls yeah, he was an awarded a silver star during his military service you just you just check that out yeah i just looked that up that's all that's outstanding like what can't this man do well the cool thing is when you when he used to be in the WEC, I think it was the WEC, right? Um, whatever promotion it was, they 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 often referred to his military service, which I don't think that I didn't think the UFC did that often. I mean, they did when they you know fight for the troops. They would talk about how Brian Stan was, but they didn't really make a big deal of it as much as his previous um, promotion, which I think was. Was it WEC? It was, it was WEC. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, WEC, I think, really did a nice job to to uh, to really highlight what kind of a guy he was. He's only thirty six, too. I mean, yeah, go back at your masters or and 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 you know get back get in business, do do your thing, and I mean, who who could blame him? Yeah, he played middle linebacker at Navy, got a silver star in the Marine Corps, was a successful UFC fighter, and now he's going to run a real estate firm. You know, Dude's a beast. Does whatever he wants to do. Good for you, Brian Stan. Brian Stan, you got two big fans. I'm going to just go out on a limb and say that Jim Mooney, Sahara Mooney, the oldest man that anyone knows, would probably also be a fan. So let's just call it three. You have three big fans with MMA FanCast, Octagon 24-7. Um, all right, looking ahead, we have a – obviously, we're going to talk um, a lot of Connor and and uh, Floyd. Um, that's a big fight for this weekend. We'll, we'll talk a lot about that uh, on our Friday – on our Thursday podcast uh, that will be out on Friday. But um, – I want to look ahead to UFC 215, which is September 9th in um, 
Canada in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. The main, ev- uh, the main event is headlined by Demetrius Johnson and Ray Borg for the 16-pound uh, champ. Oh, he weighs more than that? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Demetrius Mighty Mouse and Ray Borg. Um, Amanda Nunez and Shevchenko will fight for that belt. The what is that? The Phantom White. Phantom White belt. And Rafael Dos Anos and Neil Magny. Gilbert Melendez and Jeremy Stevens. Sarah McMahon's on the card. I mean, there's a lot of good fights on the card. And there was another great fight on the card that is no longer on the card. Andrew, do you know what I'm talking about? Francis Ngannou and Junior Dos Santos are supposed to have a brawl for the ages of people who can actually still fight in the heavyweight division, unlike Andre Arlovsky. But Junior Dos Santos liked to experiment with some banned substances, and now he's off the card. So Junior Dos Santos is now blaming... Well, I mean, it could be true. I don't know. You get kind of numb to fighters blaming supplements and 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 it could be true and if he's found you know his if it's found to be true that it was a tainted supplement that'll come out um i'm more of a at this point in the game um that's more of a, a rarity than it is you know you hear Everyone blaming a supplement, and then only a couple people is it announced that it was actually a tainted supplement. So, this diuretic uh, basically allows you to, when you urinate, you urinate more than than usual. And so, it like dilutes your urine, so you can't, um, a lot of times it's difficult to uh, detect the... Uh, the supplement or the, the whatever you're, you're, you're using that you're not allowed to be using. Yeah. I just, I'm concerned now. I'm Ngannou still trying to get a fight. He called out Alistair Overeem, tried to get him to fight. And I, there has been no development on that, but what do you I, think about Ngannou Overeem? I think, uh, you know, with only two and a half weeks, I think very few guys are going to take a fight against him. He, he's yeah, a guy I, that probably, I'm assuming because of who he is and his style and his power and just the way he fights and his reputation that he's probably a guy that's hard to get fights for anyway with a full camp. Yeah, too bad Arlovsky's already fought him. He'd take the fight fight against him. Okay, so you're a heavyweight in the UFC. You're going to – he's not a big name. So you don't have that going for you. He's highly ranked. So you got that's a bad combination for a veteran who wants to move. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make sense for most people. The worst thing is this was supposed to be the fight to really bring Francis Ngannou to the forefront of everything that uh, Junior had other ideas. Well, I think Junior had other ideas and, and thought he needed to sure that his ideas would be him being on top. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you I, if I can't blame Reem for not taking the fight, he has nothing to gain. He's sitting at number one contender on the UFC rankings right now, and this fight just kind of eliminates this guy from jumping over him. So why not just sit it out and wait right now? Yeah, uh, that's rough. That's that's a. Uh, the person I feel for the most is Nganu because he's uh, he's ready to start leapfrogging some people and making a big name for himself and getting those bigger paychecks and and this really holds him back and that's the hard part when you have guys that are like either pull out of a fight or miss weight or you know are constantly injured. So there's guys that literally never pull out of a fight 
with an injury and they'll go through their whole career and you know they had injuries. Mm-hmm. And then there's guys that pull out of fights all the time with injuries. And at some point you got to just say, you know, you're a fighter, you're going to have injuries at times and you just got to bear deal with it. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. And that's one thing that makes uh, what Conor McGregor does and how active he was and Donald Cerrone. Both of them, I mean, Cerrone's pulled out of m- maybe one or two, but he fights like every three weeks. So I-, I give him some leeway. But both of those guys are so active, they almost never pull out of fights. you got to commend somebody like that because you know they're fighting hurt sometimes. I mean, yeah. they- there's no way they can't be. So you, uh, you know, you have such a good memory compared to me. Um, I don't remember Cerrone pulling out of fights off the top of my head. You do? I I remember a pullout of – it was somewhat recent. They had to reschedule. Um, I can look it up real quick. But one thing with um, Francis Ngannou, I think if he won this fight, he would have gotten a title shot because in front of him in the rankings, you have inactive Cain Velasquez. You have Fabricio Verdum, and then you have Overeem. And re- – I mean, both top two have already fought Stipe, and they want somebody to come there and, you know, be exciting. So, yeah. 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 Well, hey, this heavyweight division, I feel like there's lots of opportunity for young guys to step up, and I've been saying this, preaching to the choir for a long time now. Um, and this is a put your head in the middle. This is a uh, – you're totally gone off the screen, brother. Oh, I was looking at the we, first time Cerrone pulled out. We miss you when you uh, do yeah. that. When I'm you sorry. take your – when you go like this, then we, <laughs> then we miss you. But he pulled out of one fight in his career, and it was um, when he and Robbie Lawler were supposed to fight at – was it 213 originally? Is that where they did fight? They fought at that. They got pushed to 214. That's what it was. Yeah, and that's only pushing it back like uh, exactly. you know, a month. Exactly, and this guy fights every other weekend. So that's not, that doesn't even count. <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> I, if, I don't count it. If I I don't count that, that's honestly that's just like it was for an illness too. Delaying a fight that's not even canceling or pulling out of a fight. That's saying, hey, listen, like let's push this back a little bit. Yeah, let's push it back. I don't feel like being robbed until next month. All right. Now, (laughs) for the moment you've all been waiting for. Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, Episode 7. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the cage, the pride of Bloomfield, March Jericho! Dude, that would sound so sweet. That did sound so sweet. I mean, I I, I don't like to toot my own... No, let's not lie. Yeah, I do on. like to toot my own horn. But I gotta tell you, I, I believe firmly in my heart of hearts that Bruce Buffer has got nothing on Rod Dog. <laughs> I don't know if he's ever partied with Nick Diaz like you have, but we can always ask one day. Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> so Mark Cherico is the pride of Bloomfield. He is also the pride of the universe. And he will be making his debut along with Mike Santiago tomorrow night on or tonight for those of you that are listening. Most likely not tonight. It'll be today, folks. Mark Cherico finally gets his shot at the UFC. Guys, this is a fighter who has gone, has fought 11, had 11 fights that he won. He lost one fight. He lost a fight that he was completely dominating. It was not, it, it was. He, he truly, you hear it a lot. Oh, I just got caught. I got caught. He truly got caught in a, in a guillotine. He, he was dominating guy, went in for a shot. Dude got behind his ear. And that it is what it is, right? To an active UFC fighter, by the way. This is a guy who's one and one in the UFC. 
and uh, has won a UFC fight and has lost his last one. And um, but this is a guy. He was he was it wasn't all that competitive of a fight. He said afterwards, I I know I beat him nine times out of ten, and this is a fight I want to avenge. And 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 you know I will make I will make the one thirty five pound weight limit to to fight him even though I'm a 145 or now and he he's down at 135 but uh so Mark Cherico the, he's ready this is a guy you know if you haven't had a chance uh head over to octagon247.com we have a bunch of uh you know coverage of Mark Cherico we went and visited him at the gym him and Bellator fighter Dominic Mazzotta uh, were training together. We sat down and talked with them. We have interviews. We have, you know, video interviews with them on the website. Uh, did you get a chance to watch those videos there, uh, Champ? I did. We are full-on Cherokeeholics right now. So, yeah, we – we th- there is a lot of good content there. I want you to check it out. That's at Octagon, O-C-T-A-G-O-N, 247.com. I know that I, you know, I always thought Octogon. It's not Octo. (laughs) It's Octa. What do you got to say about that? Oh, Ryan. Spelling. I I was an eighth grade spelling bee champ, but we can't all be this good. Oh, so you had, you, you would never mistake... Octo and Octa. No, I'm phonetically proficient. I'm just never even occurred to me. You are just such a beast. <laughs> Is it sad? I've been waiting for Jim Mooney to tune in like every minute just so I can be like Ryan. Point to the easy work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I've been waiting to do this whole time, and it's Jim's letting me down. <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> Jim is the king of letdowns. All so, right, so do you have do you have an official prediction for Cherico Santiago? I, I hate to say mine is much different than yours because I normally like to differ my predictions than other people's, but. I gotta tell you, um, I feel that it's gonna be very similar. I, I, I think he's gonna choke him out in within the first three and a half minutes. Yeah, I, I think Santiago's gonna come in a little too aggressive. That striking background, and like I said, seven of his nine losses have been by sub in the fir- and several in the first three minutes of a fight. And like you like. Like we talked about, Cherico's aggressive, but he's learned to be patient with it and be smarter and not get his neck caught. And if I'm pointing to the easy work, it's Mike Santiago right now for Mark Cherico. Yeah, I really feel like Mark is going to really step it up and be impressive. Now, unfortunately, I always think that the 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 knockout guys the fantastic you know finish um there's nothing like super sexy about a rear naked choke yeah we've all we've seen them all plenty but so that's the only hesitation i have um with him getting a contract i think that um he's going to look dominant I think he's going to look really good. It's just a matter of will it be to where the UFC is like, wow, we got to sign this kid. I hope it is, man. Especially if he does it quick, I think that can really do it for him. And I think with that added pressure of Dana White being there and the contract, I really think Santiago is going to come in too aggressive and it's going to be quick. And I think that quickness could be everything for Jericho. Do you think that Mike Santiago read your pr- post, your prediction post? I hope so, because I love the traffic, love it out there. 
And um, I think it doesn't matter. He's still going to come in there aggressive and try to knock him out and get a contract. I tagged him on the Twitter um, post. You know, I, I, I had him on it, so he would have he would have seen it. He doesn't have much of a Twitter following. He is a l- slightly active on it. Um, but I figured there's a pretty good chance since he only has like 300-some followers that he could have I'm seen gonna, it. I'm going to go lock my door. But, um, yeah, I, I, I stick with it. And just the growth. And with your interview in Jericho, you could just see he's just – it's not anxiety by any means. It's just a calmness. It's an eerie calmness. You just feel like he's ready. And yeah. I think it's come with growth over how his life has transpired. I mean, I, I just feel like now is the time. Like, it, there's not a better time for Mark Jericho. See, with me, I, I, I feel like this is all set up for him very well. I feel like it's a mismatch. I, re- I really do. I feel like he's got, the e- he's got an easy fight. Um. Not that Mike Santiago is undeserving of this chance, um, but I feel like they're they're fighters on different levels, and I think that'll really show. You know, Santiago's on a. Depending on where you're looking, you know, I was curious because one site has him, uh, Tap Out has him. I think it's Tap Out, whatever. Tapology, whatever. Tapology, it is. yeah, yeah. Has him at twenty and nine, and Sherdog has him at eighteen and nine, and Sherdog has him on an eight fight win streak, and Tapology has him on a ten fight win streak. So his last two fights aren't on Sherdog's record for him. I'm not sure why. I didn't like go too much further, but it either it could be because the um, shows he was on may not be the level that I don't know. I, I don't know why the last two are. However, just looking at who he's fought since he went on a, like a, I think a three fight losing streak mm-hmm. um, in 2014 ish. Yeah. Since then he is when he went on this eight to 10 fight win streak and <laughs> there's nobody close to the caliber of Marcherico. Absolutely. I mean, the guys he's been tearing through, I mean, like you said, they're just, it's the guy next door that trains out of his garage. I mean, it's cool on a piece of paper, but anybody can sign up for a pro fight nowadays at these super small venues. He has the, he does have the luxury of um, training around Ricardo Lamas parts of the year, but he's never fought anybody like that. So it only goes so far. And the fact that Cherico has that, Brian Keller experience of the fight he lost to the guy that's now in Kelleher. the UFC. Kelleher. Brian Kelleher. And that and Cherico spent a lot he, he spends a lot of time out at Team Alpha Male. Um he he trains with uh his striking coach is Cody Garbrandt's striking coach. Who's the team the team alpha male experience is invaluable just because I can't think of a better group for people one forty five and under. That's Perfect. Yep. And he, he travels to ATT quite a bit. Um, I just think he's on a different level. It really, he's on a different level. And hopefully, uh, hopefully I'm right because I am a chaircoholic. We at Octagon247.com, we support our home fighters. And as a Pittsburgh, um, website and a Pittsburgh podcast. Uh, we support Pittsburgh MMA and that's just what it is, right? It's exactly what it is. The walls of Cherico will rain this weekend. We're going to have to get it tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Tomorrow. (laughs) All right. Um, you got anything else to add there champ? Um, that's it for me. Like to save a lot of Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather dissection for our Thursday pod. Thursday night podcast coming out late Thursday night, early Friday morning. Be sure to listen to that. Download it prior to um, the uh, Floyd fight because you're going to hear some some pretty in-depth stuff and some serious predictions, um, ones that you will want to call your bookie about because we're going to get 
for real and ferocious about that. Folks, we have, it's critically important that you re- review, rate, and subscribe this to this podcast. Um, it's what keeps us moving, keeps us going. So please spend the time to do that. And also, um, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter, Instagram, all of those uh, social media things. It's also equally important that you support us there. We have a YouTube page. Um, Yeah, if you want to look at our faces while we do this podcast, I wouldn't. But I'm just saying, if you want to, we also uh, have have that available on YouTube, as well as other content on YouTube. We cover events live. Uh, Most recently, we covered Bellator 180 live. We've covered UFC 205 live. Bellator 178. We will be covering UFC Fight Night Pittsburgh live as well. And maybe some other events coming up in the near future. We uh, look forward to all of those. But without you, we cannot do what we do. So we ask that you help us along by supporting us, uh, watching our videos, subscribing to our YouTube channel, all that good stuff. We thank you in advance for that. So, with that being said, on behalf, I wonder if Jim Mooney's going to chime in now. Right I was about to say, please, ladies and gentlemen, please send money to the electric company in Pittsburgh because Jim Mooney needs to keep the lights on. Jim Mooney has never had the lights on internally, but maybe externally we can get the lights on in his house. So, that being said, on behalf of the entire crew at MMA Fancast and Octagon247.com. We thank you. We wish you a great night. Subscribe to Fight Pass or get the free week or whatever it is, free month, whatever it is. Watch Mark Cherico Tuesday night, Dana White's Tuesday night contender series, and uh, we'll be back on Thursday night, Friday morning to discuss that and preview Conor McGregor, the Floyd Money Mayweather. Thank you. God bless. 